Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first official taping of our fantasy football podcast, First and Fifteen. I am Marcus Bronson, and I am accompanied by my brother sitting next to me. Hey, this is Aaron Bronson. How's it going, guys? Ready to get this podcast started. Hopefully, we can come at you guys with some pretty cool information, some stuff to get your guys' lead in your fantasy league. And um, let's try to get some wins. All right. Uh, coming at you from my experiences, uh, I am a commissioner of a standard league. We're in our eighth season. I'm a two-time champion there, so uh, I got some street cred if you want to ask any of the members of Tabuma 2 Fantasy Football League. Yeah, and then I've been playing uh, fantasy football for a long time now, unfortunately. Um, apparently, my blood is not the same as the rest of my family's because I can't get into that league, but... I have been in um, various leagues uh, last year, won my work league this year on the track so far to win my work league, even though it's been only one week. But. And we're coming to you one week late, but we wanted to get the content and the quality as good as we could as we're starting to get off the ground here. We're looking to put out about one to two podcasts per week in the beginning. Um, if we can only get one out per week, we want to focus mostly on uh, predictive podcast where we're going to talk about the upcoming games for the week. So in this podcast, we're going to start talking about week two, and we want to try to encompass everything that you guys have questions on, whether that is starts and sits, injuries, any of those type of things. We do have a, of an email that you guys can shoot some questions to, and um, we'd love to do a mailbag section and answer as many of those questions as possible. Uh, our email is firstin15fantasy at yahoo.com. So send us any anything you got. Send it our way, and we'll make sure to get you uh, your name and your question on the pod. So Sunday, the Panthers and the Falcons go head-to-head. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think is going to be heading up this game? Well, even though the Panthers come into this one 1-0 and and the Falcons come in 0-1, I'm going to pick the Falcons to take the win here. I think the loss of Greg Olson... Uh, sounds like he's in a walking boot and he's going to be out for some time. Um, you know, I've heard back and forth that he's going to need surgery. That will be season-ending virtually. But I've also heard that it's kind of a pain thing, and if he can play through it, he will. But he won't be there for week two is the point I'm trying to make here. Um, I think the Falcons take this one. I think uh, Matt Ryan looked uh, needs to look better if they want to continue to win. But that uh, Panthers offense scared me a little. They were way too way too stagnant for my liking. Yeah, I completely agree. I believe Christian McCaffrey should have gotten in the end zone multiple times that game. I definitely think he had more opportunities um, than what he took advantage for. I think that he looked great at the end of last year, and I think he was somebody everybody thought was going to do super well again this year. And I think he still will. I don't. Maybe he's just off to a slow start. Um, but <clears throat> definitely still play Christian McCaffrey if you have him. Um, and Cam Newton, I mean, he you know he did really well, you know, and I mean he threw for a touchdown and um, you know twenty six you know twenty six attempts, seventeen completions for one hundred sixty one yards. Um, actually, he didn't throw for one. I'm sorry, he ran he ran for one. Um, and so you know definitely Cam Newton is somebody to have. I don't know particularly if you know if you've got somebody else like Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins, I definitely play them him, them over Cam Newton. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. I, I think the only person I'm starting off the Carolina Panthers, which I am very surprised to say, is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Devin Funches, Jarius Wright, uh, neither of them did anything last week. Um, you know, just to get personal here, I had Devin Funches and, you know, gave me a little bit of a butt kicking there. Um, I definitely think, you know, he's somebody that may do well 
know, as the season goes on. But for some reason, Cam was just not able to connect with any of his receivers in week one. There's a there's a weird look that Cam Newton gives off to me, a weird feel that he's either on and everything clicks or his passing is off or his running is off. And sometimes I feel like he focuses too much on that rushing attack, and that really makes everyone else around him falter. Yeah, I can. I agree with you. I think obviously when you have a camaraderie on your team, you know that's when things really start to mesh together and everything. But with Cam, I think he did really well. Um, but again, you know, whenever all you want to do is just hold on to the ball and run it yourself, and yeah, I mean you take some of that, um, you know, that likeness away from the from the receivers. Certainly hesitation. Only an eighteen to six victory over the Cowboys last week. Expected to see more week one out of that Panther offense. Unfortunately, they couldn't provide. Uh, but let's move on to the Falcons. Uh, what sticks out to the Falcons here to you? Julio Jones. Well, he uh, had a great week one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, and not only Julio Jones, uh, but Tevin Coleman as well. Um, they both stick out to me. Matt Ryan, he, he did well. Definitely think you know he could have done better, and I think he will get better as the season goes on. I mean, he, had, you know, he only had a 48.8 completion rating. Um, and not only that, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he did throw one interception. Um, you know, again, I think as the season goes on, he will do better. I know that he's never really been a horrible quarterback or anything, but I will say that I don't think that the um, that, that Atlanta's O-line is really that good. I mean, he was sacked three times, you know, and for 26 yards overall. You know, in week one, I definitely think that's something that, is um, contributing to, you know, um, to the way he plays. Um, I think this week, um, going up against the Panthers' defense, um, definitely look to um, the run game more. I agree. I agree 100%. I, like you said, I think Tevin Coleman's a good play if you have him, especially if Devontae Freeman can't go this week, although it looks like he's going to be able to. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be able to. And, and uh, just remember, Tevin Coleman got into the end zone last week, so. And um, Devontae did Devontae not. Devontae did not, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, looking at Julio, 10 for 169. If he gets in the end zone, it's one of the best fantasy weeks of the year. 19 targets for Julio, not worried about him whatsoever. No. Even though the Falcons offense looked a little stagnant. Yep, and I, and I you know, out of, out of all those, if you have Matt Ryan, you know, go ahead and start him. Look at your waiver wire, see if there's anybody else out there. Definitely don't pick up Derek Carr, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, you know Philip Rivers if he's out there. Um, you know Bradford probably not really a good pickup. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers will not be out there. But you know, one thing that you definitely should be doing, especially because um, the waivers probably have ended for you, is go back and see who people have dropped. Don't just look at the waiver wire and see who you can pick up, but go back and see who people have dropped because a lot of people are dropping just because somebody didn't do that well for him this week. You know, people are people are dropping them, so definitely um, some some word of advice. Go go look and see who people have dropped because you might be able to get somebody good. Um, you know, just just as an example, uh, I went on one of my other leagues today and saw that George Kittle was dropped, and uh, again, I don't know why. Um, and I'm actually in a league that people know what they're doing for the most part, so um, things like that just happen sometimes. Um, so. You know, I picked him up, and hopefully he will do well for me, which I think he will. All right, let's move on here to the next game we're going to talk about here. We got the 
Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Buffalo Bills. Some pretty big news out of Buffalo coming out today, this week. Uh, Nathan Peterman benched already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh scale, Allen. Scale of 1 to 10, what's your surprise meter there on Nathan Peterman not holding a job? 10 being extremely surprised? 10 being the most surprised. Okay, 1. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nathan. I hope you're not listening. Yeah. No, I, I just don't think that he's going to be doing anything. I mean, I... It's funny, I was looking at Bleacher Report the other day, or earlier today and uh, saw that, um, I think they said that Joe Mixon's baby mama was cleared to start before Nathan Peterman <laughs> goes oh to start goodness. again. Yeah, so there was a picture as well above him in the rankings. Um, yeah, I think definitely Josh Allen, If you, I think that it would be a good pickup. If you want to pick him up off the waiver, see if he's there, pick him up. I'm not saying start him this week, but definitely pick him up. Hold on to him, especially if you're in a deep league. See what he does this week. And if he does phenomenal this week, um, you know, depending on who you're playing against, you might be able to use him as a trading token. Yeah, I'm afraid that no one in Buffalo is fantasy worthy right now. I, the, the offensive line in Buffalo is pretty atrocious. Um, they, they gave up six sacks onto their quarterbacks last week. They almost created no running room for any running back on the team. And even LaShawn McCoy is going to struggle there. I mean, last year Shady was able to get some yardage here and there, jump in the end zone a couple times, but it was one of his worst fantasy seasons in a long time. And I'm afraid it's only going to get a little worse for Shady this week. And uh, there's no one there, not even Kelvin Benjamin, that I am starting on my fantasy roster in Buffalo, period. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't start Kelvin Benjamin either. I mean, if that's if that's – who you got, put him in the flex position, I guess. I mean, I'd rather play two running backs instead of play him um, in the flex position. Yeah, Shady McCoy, again, yeah. I mean, he's just one of those people where you think that he's good, you feel like he's good, and, I mean, obviously there's no doubt. I mean, he's an NFL quarterback, I mean, uh, running back, so he is good. But he just winds up not doing anything for you. Now, the only good thing is Joey Bosa will be out. Um likely be out for this Sunday. So, I mean, that does kind of help out a little bit. He is, he is definitely a defensive threat. Um, yeah, so. definitely LeSean McCoy, one of those big names that's hard to let go of as he ages off into the sunset. Yep, yep, I completely agree, you know. Um, but, okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the Chargers. Chargers starting this, uh, this year off 0-1, kind of a tough loss to the Chiefs earlier uh, last week. Um the Chiefs or the Chargers kind of look the way we expect them to look. You're starting Melvin Gordon. You're yep. starting Keenan Allen. Yes. Philip Rivers isn't a bad play. He actually kind of balled out last week. Yeah. 424 passing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. He, he did really, really well. Again, with that wide receiver core, though, I mean, you really can't go too wrong. He's got people out there making plays for him. Um, and so, yeah, definitely starting Melvin Gordon, starting Keenan Allen. You know, if you got Austin Eckler, I'd definitely start him as well. Um, you know, Tyrell Williams, he was out on the field just a little bit, but he did get into the end zone. Maybe it's somebody that you might want to just pick up and, again, just hold on to and just see how many more targets he's going to get because I definitely think that he's going to get more targets as the um, as the year goes on. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Williams boys, Mike Williams out there, uh, pretty good season. He's finally back and healthy and ready to play. Five catches for 81 yards on six targets. That's the most targets besides Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen on the team. So definitely a guy that I would look out for as well. But interesting to see. I mean, Keenan Allen had a phenomenal day, eight for 108 and a touchdown. 
But in the receiving game, Melvin Gordon led the team in receptions and targets. Nine catches, 102 yards, along with his 15 carries. So he's getting 20-plus touches a game. That is a, that's a man you've got to start every week. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think he's going to do you know, really, really well, and he is getting a lot of touches. So um, definitely pick him up if you can and start him if you can. All right, the next game we got is the Vikings against the Packers. A division rivalry here, a fun yeah. one. This will be a fun one to watch, Yeah, especially the way Kirk and Aaron played last week. Yeah, they they are both phenomenal quarterbacks, and, you know, Aaron just took a win right out under their feet last week and uh, definitely made some phenomenal plays there towards the end. Um, last week, just to give you a heads up, uh, you, know, just, you know, talking – about the Vikings here, Kirk Cousins had 36 attempts, 20 completions for 244 yards, two touchdowns thrown. Um, that, I mean, that's super great. I mean, again, he had three sacks as well, but I don't think that's something to be completely worried about. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree. I think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback. It's going to be kind of hard to find something better than Kirk Cousins, so uh, make sure if you got Kirk, you're playing him out there. Yeah, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray – um, definitely pick up cookies if you can trade for him if you can I, I definitely believe in that uh, you know he had 16 16 touches 40 yards neither of them got into the end zone but I definitely think that there are two people that you really need to be looking at to get um, and then also I mean you got Adam Thielen Stefan Diggs Quan Treadwell Kyle Rudolph all of them really really good um, Stefan Diggs the only one that got into the end zone but Again, all of them are good plays. Yeah, it is. Uh, that that combination of Thielen and Diggs at receiver, both of those guys start worthy. Both of those guys look really good. Thielen with 12 targets on the day, six catches, but Diggs is the one who gets into the end zone. So kind of pick your poison there, but they're both going to be wonderful starts. Um, Dalvin Cook had a pretty good day. He, he had the majority of the rushes. Didn't get in the end zone and didn't break off a big long run, but he had six catches in the passing game as well. So... Yeah, he'll be a loyal. He'll be a loyal pick. He's going to be very good all year, I believe, if he can avoid injury. But Latavius Murray might be one of the most important handcuffs in the game if you can go out and get him or even trade for him, just in case an injury does occur for Dalvin Cook. Latavius Murray may be one of the best running backs, backup running backs in the NFL right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Packers. Um, now, not only did Aaron Rodgers get playing time, but also Deshaun Kaiser did too, and um, Deshaun Kaiser did. You know, relatively well. He had uh, four completions out of seven attempts, 55 yards. And, uh, I mean, definitely someone, hopefully, that in the future will be getting a little bit more playing time. Obviously not this year, but, um, you know, just just a fun fact, I guess, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, if he, if he can go, which it sounds like he's going to be able to go, the guy you want to have there um, obviously missed out on a couple attempts because of the injury, still finished with 286 passing yards and three touchdowns. So proving himself, as in most drafts, he was the number one drafted quarterback in the league. He's going to earn that title if he's healthy, and he's going to be somebody that you're not disappointed in. Yeah, and just keep a heads up. Um, you know, I've been tracking his injury. Rodgers, you know, comes out that he actually has a sprained knee, and he's been sore for the last three days. But it still does look like he's going to be starting for a week two. So definitely, you know, keep looking up at the news. I think that's probably – I mean, he keeps saying that he's going to be fine, but I honestly think it's going to wind up being a game-time decision. So definitely, you know, Sunday morning before kickoff, be checking checking online 
checking to see if he's going to be playing or not. And if not, um, definitely this week, if you don't have another quarterback, um, you know, to back him up, definitely pick one up off, off the wire. Um, we got some other people that do pretty well that um, that game. So running backs, you know, Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, both did okay. Definitely Jamal Williams is definitely the starting back, and I definitely say pick him up if you can. I definitely like Jamal Williams. I think he's going to do really well um, throughout this year. Um, receiving core, you got Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, um, Geronimo um, Allison. You know, they, they all did really well. You know, all three of them got touchdowns. Randall Cobb, definitely someone I'm saying. If you can, trade for him. Trade for him. Buy high, you know, if you can. <laughs> definitely think, especially with the way Rodgers played, I think he's going to be someone that is going to be a very, very, very good wide receiver this year. Yeah, Devontae Adams was uh, the most uh, highest drafted out of those three. Uh, Geronimo Allison, probably somebody available in your league. You might want to go out and give him a pickup. He had eight, eight targets on the day, five catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Not bad at all. Randall Cobb, though, yeah, I agree. He, he He's looking, based on this week, nine receptions on ten targets and a touchdown to possibly be the number one there along with Devontae, but those two are going to be really just a deadly combination, kind of like Thielen and Diggs that we just talked about. Jimmy Graham, uh, not the best day, four targets, two catches for less than 10 yards. I'm not too worried about it. That tight end position is really picky, and I think having a big name like Jimmy Graham, a guy who can pop off for a game for 10 catches and two touchdowns, I'm sticking with him and riding him out. So uh, Jimmy Graham, a little disappointing this week, I know, but... I'm sticking with him. I, I don't think that continues. No, I agree. And to be quite honest with you, just about every single tight end this starting week besides, uh, you know, Cook pretty much stunk it up. You know, and I think the only reason Cook did well is because Carr couldn't throw anything over 15 yards without getting it intercepted. So Him and the perennial uh, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. So, All right, next game we got up is the Texans and the Titans. Who do you think is going to take this one, Marcus? This is a tough game for me to call. I I think the Texans looked okay. I think playing in Foxborough against New England is always tough. But I'm actually going to go with the Titans here. I think the Titans are going to win this game. I think they have some good weapons. I, I don't think Deshaun Watson continues to be as poor as he was. I think Lamar Miller played really well. I, I, I think the Texans are going to take this game. What do you think? Um, yeah, actually, I agree with you. I think I think Lamar Miller is actually going to have a really, really good game this this week. I know everybody's all hyped up and everybody's talking about Alfred Blue, and I think that he, you know, obviously is a good running back, but definitely don't lose focus on Lamar Miller. I think he's still going to be the number one running back there, and he's definitely going to be making a lot more plays, and he gets way more touches. Uh, Lamar Miller got 20 touches, and Alfred Blue only got five. Again, Alfred Blue's the only one that got into the end zone, but, you know, I mean, still – be looking at uh, Lamar Miller for sure. You scared about DeAndre Hopkins? What do you think about that? He only got one target. Well, I wouldn't say one target. He only got one uh, uh, reception for negative seven yards. DeAndre Hopkins? No, yeah. the, that's rushing. Oh, you're right. DeAndre Sorry. Hopkins looked okay. He had 11 targets, eight catches for 78 yards. So I'm not too worried about it. He's still the number one there. He had more. He had a ton of targets. A nice number of receptions. If he hops in the end zone or one of those is a deep ball, he looks really good. His longest catch was 17 yards. So I'm not too worried about DeAndre Hopkins right now. But no one else there on the receiving end. 
really worth picking up or going out for. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, Bruce Ellington is definitely, he keeps trying to be good, but for some reason he just can't get past the threshold of greatness. You know, uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins, of course, definitely someone to look at to, to pick up for sure. Yeah, Lamar Miller, I mean, to me, a guy I, I agree you need to keep your eye on, keep the focus on, because he might be the most boring running back in fantasy football, but if he's getting 20 to 25 touches a game, you got to have him in your starting lineup. Yeah, I agree. I'm right, moving over to the uh, to the Titans here. Um, now you kind of had a little bit of a shootout between Blaine Gabbert and Marcus Mariota. Um, Mariota um, threw for 107 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and then Gabbert threw for 117 yards with one interception. So neither of them did really that great at all. Um, now I definitely say Mariota is someone that I'd be picking up um, over over uh, Blaine Gabbert. But we'll see how's, uh, how, how, this, how, how this pans out as the season goes on. Um, now, just some interesting news right now. Um, Corey Davis was limited in practice today because of his hamstring. Again, I mean, you know, he, he was the highest targeted receiver uh, last week. Six receptions for 62 yards, no touchdowns. But, um, you know, just because he's not going to be in doesn't mean anybody else won't be able to get any touches. And we all know Delaney Walker – Unfortunately, he's out for the season. Yeah, broken ankle for Delaney Walker. And if Corey Davis has to miss any time, they're going to really be hurting for the next couple weeks trying to replace that. No one in the receiving game really really sticking out. But in the rushing game, it's an interesting conversation between Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. I think uh, when Derrick Henry got uh, that job away from DeMarco Murray early early in the summer, we we figured he would be a top-ten play one of the best running backs in the league. And now that Deion Lewis is here, we thought he would be a receiving back. He had six more carries than Deion Lewis. He had a better average yards per carry. He had a longer rush, more yards, and he's the one who got in the end zone on the on the rushing end. So a really kind of a tough choice here. Do they stick with Deion, go back to Derek? What do you think? Uh, I think they're going to stick with Deion Lewis, to be honest. I think that's going to be their number one. But uh, definitely, you know, pick up Derek Henry if you can because uh, – you never know what's what's going to happen over there. Yeah, and Deion Lewis more active in the receiving game as well. Derrick Henry only had one target. Deion Lewis had eight, and he had five receptions. So Deion Lewis is the guy to start there in Tennessee, especially if they don't have Taiwan or uh, excuse me, Corey Davis or Delaney Walker next week. So they're going to need to find that little check down route, and that seems to be Deion Lewis. Yep. Nope. I completely agree. So. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. We got Browns and Saints. So, obviously, 100%, I think that the Saints are going to be taking this one. Um, but at the same time, I think Tyrod Taylor is definitely going to be somebody that you can play um, for sure against the Saints defense. Uh, you know, and then you got Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson out there, Nick Chubb. Um, Carlos Hyde, I definitely think, is somebody you can pick up and play this week. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard when we were, when you were drafting that running back stable. Thought it was going to be more of a running back by committee type situation. But Carlos Hyde, twenty two rushes compared to three for Chubb and five for uh, Duke Johnson. So a pretty clear um, statement there that Carlos Hyde is going to be the guy. Um, uh, in the running game, Duke jo- Johnson looks like it's going to be him in passing scenarios as he found himself. Six targets uh, to Carlos's Hyde, Carlos Hyde's one target. 
Um, but yeah, definitely a tough game here for the Browns, looking for their first win still in yeah. forever, it seems, uh, pulling out that tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tyrod Taylor, though, so a guy I'm not uh, I'm not crazy about like you are right now, but a guy that definitely you could pick up and play in some of those scenarios we've been talking about. Yeah, well, still, I mean, he's got that threat, Jarvis Landry, you know, and he's a great, great, great wide receiver, and I don't think it really matters a you know, against what team he goes up against. I definitely think he's someone that you can still play. And Tyron Taylor is still a good enough quarterback to be able to make some completions to him. I mean, Jarvis Landry had seven receptions last week for 106 yards. And, uh, I mean, he didn't get into the end zone. But still, you know, I definitely think that he could get into it. Um, Rashard Higgins is out there. Josh the Flash Gordon, you know, he, he's the one that got into the end zone. Um, but, yeah, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry are the two I'm definitely looking at for sure. Yeah, Josh Gordon is going to get the start this week uh, when he wasn't a starter last week. So I'm looking for more targets to flash this week. I, I'm still starting him, um, and I'm still starting David Njoku, who had kind of a disappointing day, three catches for only 13 yards. But I think, uh, it's like you said, uh, the Saints had a shootout with um, the Buccaneers last week, and Cleveland certainly is an offense that can put up a large amount of points. So it'll be interesting to watch from a fantasy perspective this week. Yeah, and even then, just keep in mind, the Saints wide receivers Ted Ginn and Michael Thomas both were actually injured today and did not practice. Uh, Ted Ginn with his knee, Michael Thomas, um, he's actually just ill. So um, I think that Michael Thomas will, depending on the illness, it didn't specify, but he should probably be out there on Sunday. Now Ted Ginn, not totally sure. Um, with that knee injury again wasn't very um, specific but keep that in mind as well um, when you're you know thinking about um, you know playing again playing Ted Ginn or Michael Thomas because both of those are good wide receivers obviously I play Michael Thomas over Ted Ginn but um, you know just keep an eye out for that as well yeah it's really good to hear uh to look out for, but if, if Michael Thomas is available, you're, you're playing Michael Thomas. What a week he had last week, 16 catches, the most out of any receiver in the NFL for week one last week. 16 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown on 17 targets. Pretty phenomenal week from that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's get into the next game. we got Dolphins against the Jets. Now, talk about Sam Darnold. Oh, man, that dude came out and just was slinging him this week. Not his first pass, though. Not his first pass. Threw that pick six. Who was it? Uh, who else was out through their first was their first pick six? I'm pretty sure it was Carson Palmer and um, somebody else. I can't remember exactly who. Um, but both of their first passes were also pick sixes. So, um, definitely Sam Darnold is somebody, um, you know, pick up, play him. Definitely. I think he's, he's going to do good um, this week against the Dolphins. Certainly a, a stash guy for me. Um going to keep him, put him on the bench, see how he does for a couple weeks. But if you're in one of those scenarios, a Marcus Mariota scenario or um, any of those things where your quarterback got hurt or they just really, really underperformed, even if you're very hesitant on Cam Newton or someone like that, Sam Darnold, a guy you can go out and pick up and I think play with some confidence. Um, They are going up against uh, a defense that is pretty solid but not the best in the league. Um looked really good two touchdowns 200 yards against the Detroit Lions bringing a win to New York Jets fans um someone I'm looking at that I would love to start is Isaiah Crowell that guy impressed me to all different ends uh last week against the Lions 10 carries actually not the bulk of the carries but 102 yards 
two touchdowns for uh, Isaiah Kowal. What do you think about him and Bilal Powell battling it out over there? Uh, I definitely think it's going to be you know a really good battle. I mean, you know, you look at the you know you look at the yards that Isaiah Crowell got over Bilal. Lyle Powell, <laughs> and uh, you know, obviously Powell had more attempts, he had more touches, and he had significantly less yards, um, just about by 42. And also keep in mind, Isaiah Crowell got into the end zone twice, so I definitely think um, Isaiah. I don't know if he's going to continue to get, you know, the least amount of touches, but it definitely looked like they shared touches. And if it keeps going on like this, definitely look at Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, really, really a solid running back getting a time to shine, not in Cleveland. So, yep, nope, I completely agree. On that receiving core, you got um, Inunua, um, Tarrell, Pryor, Robbie Anderson. Definitely drop if you have them. Drop right at Robbie Anderson. Trade for him something. Just get rid of him. Personally, that's what I'm thinking. Um, you got Neil Sterling, um, Eric Tomlinson, um, Trenton Cannon. So um, Quincy and um, Nunwa got one got one touchdown, you know, six receptions, 63 yards. Terrell Pryor, three receptions for 49 yards. So, you know, Pryor and Nunwa, definitely both someone that you could look at, you know, playing for sure. I don't think that they're wide receiver one or two at all. Um, but, you know, if you don't have any other better choices, definitely um, play him. Yeah, a Nunwa guy would like to get out of New York. I'm not the biggest Robbie Anderson fan, but I've doubted him for too long, and it seems like he gets in the end zone all the time. So he's a guy I'm, I'm probably stashing as well. Only one reception, but he only had one target, and it was for 41 yards and a touchdown. So maybe a flyer guy, maybe a flex guy, but Robbie Anderson, as much as I, I don't believe that he is a wide receiver worth playing, seems to always score. So Yeah, no, I, I guess. I just personally, I, I don't think he's going to continue to do as well. But, yeah, last year I will have to admit that I did pick him up, and he did help me win my my, uh, my league. So, all right, moving on to the Dolphins. You know, Ryan Tannehill did pretty well this week, actually. He did really, really well this week. Um, he threw for two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. And um, he threw he had 20, for, 20 out of 28 completions. So, not too bad, 230 yards, did really well. Now, someone that I'm definitely looking to pick up from this team, though, is Kenyon Drake. I definitely think he's going to continue to do really, really well. And um, him and Frank Gore both, you know, definitely Kenyon Drake got the majority of the touches there. But definitely both Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore are going to have, um, you know, something to give this team. Yeah, I'm pretty scared on Kenyon Drake, if I'm being quite honest. I, I don't like that Frank Gore took nine carries and, and outrushed Frank Gore pretty heavily. I mean, uh, outrush Kenyon Drake pretty heavily. It is nice that Kenyon Drake was the receiving back. So he's probably the guy you want there, but I believe he's going to have to step up his game and start performing a little more if he wants to keep that job solely his because Frank Gore may be old, but he is mighty, and he's coming for that job. So Yeah, no, I agree. If you're in a PPR, though, definitely maybe look at Drake more. Um, but, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I think Gore may be getting more touches as uh, – as the season goes on, especially if he perform, keeps performing like he did um, just this last week. And the receiving core, you got Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, uh, Danny Amendola, um, Albert Wilson. So Kenny Stills definitely just a great player. You know, I think he's really, really good. Um, you know, I know 
last year him and Jarvis Landry were both competing against each other, and now it seems with Landry gone, I mean, they've got Amendola, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to be competing a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he significantly um, got more yardage than anybody else with him being, you know, at the top of 106 with only four receptions, and the next highest was five receptions with 38 yards. Yeah, uh, Kenny Stills is a guy definitely I'm looking to play. He kind of seems like the deep guy. And he, so also maybe got a little, he also got on the end zone twice. He did. I think he's a little boomer bust um, type of player. I mean, one of his touchdowns was a 75-yard reception, I believe. So a lot of the yards came from that. I like Danny Amendola here, especially if you're in a PPR. I think going further, uh, he had six targets, which is pretty consistent with the top uh, receiver there in Miami. And Danny Amendola, a guy we know who can be a reception machine and just a guy who moves the chains. So I'm interested in Danny Amendola over Jakeem Grant or any of these other guys. Um, but Kenny, Kenny still is a guy you're playing. Danny Amendola, a guy you're looking at, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, next up we got the Chiefs and the Steelers. What are you looking at there? Well, I'm looking at the Chiefs here, and I'm looking at Tyreek Hill continuing to absolutely torch the entire NFL. That boy can run, and that boy is fast, and he, no one seems like they can catch him. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I saw something the other day. It said Tyreek Hill is the game cheat code. Just from that one uh, that one that he just jumped up one-handed, just f- slung around and caught. It was just it was pretty miraculous, if I say so. Right. Uh, now, there is definitely, you know, Pat Mahomes, that guy is, you know, he's, he's really, really good. He looks to be, he looks to be the truth. He does. I will say, though, I am sitting him this week against the Steelers, if you have him. Um, I definitely think, you know, he's he's definitely really a good quarterback, obviously. Um, sat behind um, Kirk Cousins you know, for a year, and, you know, he's really good. But, I mean, going up against, you know, Williams and Sutton over there in the Steelers, uh, you know, I, I personally I'll be sitting him. Um, but uh, even then, I mean, he went – 256 yards, 15 completions, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm starting every single Kansas City Chief if I have them almost every week, even against the Steelers who gave up 21 points to the Browns. Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal. He looked pretty efficient. He looked comfortable in the pocket. Four touchdowns. That Kansas City offensive line is absolutely stellar. Um, I'm not too worried on Kareem Hunt, who had 16 carries, so he's definitely the number one guy there. No big deal, even though Spencer Ware had a couple big runs. Um, Kareem Hunt, a rough week, only 49 rushing yards, but I, I think he turns that around and continues to be the number one back he is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. He definitely had a tough week, but like we've seen from him last year, he's definitely going to be a number one. He's going to be an RB1 for the rest of the season, that's for sure. Same with Tyreek Hill, he's going to be a wide receiver one for the rest of the year. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, absolutely phenomenal. Seven catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns, not including his punt return touchdown he had in the game. Yeah. So the guy is an absolute monster. You are starting for him. If you can trade rape somebody into giving him to you, please do that for your own benefit because that guy might be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. I completely agree. And don't don't forget about Sammy Watkins just because he's being overshadowed by Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill had eight targets and Sammy Watkins had five. He only had three receptions for 21 yards, but I definitely think Sammy Watkins is someone that you do not want to completely forget about. Um, hold him. Hold on to him if you have him. Use him later as a, as a trading tool. Um, but definitely don't, don't, forget, don't forget about Sammy Watkins. 
All right, well, let's move on to one of the most disappointing teams from last week, or maybe the most disappointed team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who pulled out a tie without Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that was definitely something that uh, I'm sure for that team was kind of a kick in the gonads. Yeah. Know? Um, I am happy just because I had James Conner, who had a beastly game. Um, you know, he had 31 attempts for 135 yards. Kind, um, kind of what we thought they were going to do to Le'Veon Bell, just run him straight into the ground. 31 carries, 5 receptions, so 36 total touches on the day. Absolutely insane. Yeah, he, had, he did really, really well. Now, the you know, again, I'll get personal here, but the way that I'm doing this is I have James Conner in my league. What I'm doing is I'm going to run him for the hot points. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run him for the points, but I'm also going to make sure that I have another RB1, RB2 type holding on to him. And um, whenever Lev Bell decides to come back and, you know, you know Conner's not going to be getting as much touches, um, definitely try to use him as a training tool sometime a little later down the season if you can. Or, you know, just hold on to him, let him play, let him play out for all the points that he can get you, and hold on to somebody else. And whenever Lev Bell comes back, you just switch him right out and you're not going to be hurting too much. Yeah, I got a feeling Le'Veon Bell might not play for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. He's not even on their depth chart for week two. So they definitely are uh, button heads right, over, right now over this contract. And I, I assume we'll see Le'Veon somewhere next year as a starting running back, continuing to be a, a fantasy stud. But this year I'm skeptical on it, so we'll see what happens. And the receiving core for Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. Nine for 93 and a touchdown on 16 targets. So he is going to get his no matter how bad Ben Roethlisberger looks because he looks like he needs to retire. I completely agree. And not only that, but, I mean, think about the weather that was there um, in Cleveland and think about the weather that's going to be coming up, um, you know, in their next matchup. The weather's not going to be that bad. So I definitely think Antonio Brown might even have a better game than he did last week. So obviously you're starting Antonio Brown. Tight end Jesse James also had a phenomenal game for him. He had five targets, three receptions for 60 yards. Um, Didn't get into the end zone, but he did have a catch that was um, over 20 yards. So, you know, definitely be playing James Conner if you can. I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. A consistent play if you feel like uh, putting him in the flex position. That's kind of where I have him ranked. Five catches, 120 re- uh, receiving yards. So, overall, not a, not an awful day for them. Nope, I completely agree. I mean, it kind of stunk that they wound up having to tie, but, you know, fantasy-wise, not, not too horrible. A whole right. extra quarter of play, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, all right, you got Philadelphia Eagles uh, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. Just a little bit of um, news here with the Eagles. So these are some players today on September 12th, on a Wednesday. Today, the Eagles players that were limited in practice. Wide receiver Sheldon Gibson for a knee. Alshon Jeffrey with a shoulder. Running back Darren Sproles hamstring. And obviously quarterback Carson Wentz with his knee. Now we all know Foles is already going to start week two. Um, Wentz has not been cleared for contact for week two at all. I definitely think he's going to be coming back later this season, um, but he still hasn't been cleared. Uh, but yeah, Darren Strolls, you know, he he was, you know, seems to be a little bit hurt again. These are all people that we don't know if they're going to be, you know, uh, playing or not um, on on Sunday. So definitely keep your eye out. Now, none of these are any of their 
really big starters or anything, um, but definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, and so when we look at the players here, I think Jay Ajayi is somebody you're starting. I think Jay Ajayi is going to finish the year as a top 10 fantasy running back. I think he's going to have to pick up a lot of the slack with Foles under, under the helmet quarterback. And also when Carson Wentz get back until he can get into a rhythm and start slinging the ball as well as he did last year. He is definitely the guy there. More carries than uh, Clement or Sproles or anyone. Uh, not a ton of yardage, so a tough sledding day against that Atlanta defense. But he did hop in the end zone two times, uh, which gave him a pretty fantastic fantasy day. So Jay Ajayi is somebody I'm sticking with. Somebody I am b- boasting and bolstering as we uh, head further into the, the weeks here. Yeah, definitely, and he, I mean, he definitely has the upper hand, obviously, on Corey Clement, but definitely someone that you can hold on to is Corey, uh, Corey Clement, um, you know, he, you know, if you, even if you want to use him as a handcuff, um, because definitely J.H.I.'s got that starting job, Corey Clement is also somebody that you can't just get lost in the shadows. Mick Foles had a pretty good game. Not a guy I'm going to start any at any I'm, point this season. No, I'm not saying... You should start him particularly, but he didn't have a horrible game besides the one interception. But obviously this week, interceptions were just like candy to a lot of these quarterbacks for some reason. Everybody wanted it. Week one, getting back into the swing of things. Must be it. No big receiver news out of Philadelphia. Actually quite disappointing. You got Nelson Aguilar, uh, eight eight catches for only 33 yards. You're really just waiting for – Alshon Jeffrey to get back if you got a receiver you want to play there. Zach Ertz looked like a top five tight end that he probably is going to finish as five catches for almost 50 yards on 10 targets. So Zach Ertz, Jay Ajayi, two guys I'm starting from the Philadelphia Eagles every week until you hear it differently. Yep, I completely agree with you. Uh, let's move go uh, go ahead and move on to the Buccaneers. We're going to move on to uh, the Fitzpatrick show, huh? The Fitzpatrick show, yeah. If it's magic, it's probably Fitzmagic. That guy was... Incredible, 417 passing yards, four touchdowns. He did not get thrown to the ground one time against that New Orleans front seven. And uh, four touchdowns, just a phenomenal, incredible game really from Fitzmagic. Yeah, I completely agree. If you have him, you know, to play him. If you don't have him, try picking him up at least for these next three weeks when he should be the starting quarterback there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't think the Magic continues as strongly. And by any means, but no, certainly a, a flyer you could put you could put in if you uh, felt felt the need. Yeah, again, you know, he's one of those Fitzpatrick. He's one of those people. You know, you got Nick Foles, drop him, pick up Fitzpatrick, and then ride the waiver, stream some quarterbacks after Fitzpatrick is done. You know, uh, but definitely he had a great great game. Uh, Peyton Barber, definitely a good good uh, good running back there. Pretty interesting with Ronald Jones getting a healthy scratch, and we thought that's who they would be fighting between. And then Jaquise Rogers didn't even barely see the field here. But, yeah, Peyton Barber, 19 carries, uh, almost to that 20-touch threshold. Pretty impressive here. Not Tough sledding against the Saints, a lot of passing here. Um, but only 70 yards rushing. A guy I'm, a guy I'm playing, I think he's an RB2, RB3, Probably more that RB3 flex position you're looking at, but a guy certainly worth hanging on to and checking out just how the situation in Tampa Bay continues to unfold. Yeah, I agree. But looking over here at some of the wide receivers, um, you know, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, obviously. I actually just picked up Deshaun Jackson off the waiver wire. I think he's going to continue to do great things over there, especially with Fitzpatrick. They seem to sync up. Same thing with Mike Evans. Something that's pretty interesting, actually, is um, 
Mike Evans had seven targets, seven receptions. Sean Jackson had five targets, five receptions. O.J. Howard, two two targets, two receptions. So I mean, they're all making contact. You know, they're all they're all doing really good. They're catching the balls that are thrown to them, which speaks you know loudly for Fitzpatrick. He's putting it right there where they can catch it and they can actually make some plays on. And so with that being said, you know, Jason Jackson got into the end zone twice, and Mike Evans got in once. I think Mike Evans is somebody, you know, definitely a wide receiver too. Um, same thing with Deshaun Jackson. I think both of them are going to do really well this week. Going forward, I'm sticking with Mike Evans, though. Deshaun Jackson, kind of that boomer bust guy still. Um, but a lot of deep balls for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And just that aspect that a lot of these were on deep passes, like Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans and O.J. Howard all averaged above 20 yards per catch. That makes me a little skeptical of their future success because it's hard to hit those deep balls against these better defenses, top 15 defenses in the NFL. But still, guys, that you're looking at, you're probably streaming, and both those guys, uh, all three of those guys, deserve to be on a roster in your league. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, definitely pick both of those guys up because even whenever Fitzpatrick is out, they're both still going to be great wide receivers and something that you can continue to play. All right, we're going to move on. we got Washington Redskins and the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, uh, the the return of Andrew Luck was spoiled, unfortunately, and he took a loss. But I love that he threw the ball 53 times against the Bengals last week. They did not hesitate. He looks healthy. He didn't look slow. He looked a little rusty. Um, but 319 yards, two touchdowns. Andrew Luck, a quarterback I want on my team moving forward, and I think it only bodes well for uh, his wide receivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, a guy I really like. Only five catches for 46 yards, but he got in the end zone and had a team leading 11 targets. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, you know, definitely something that you can pick up and play. Um, Andrew Luck, obviously, I mean, he's going to be starting for me this week. Uh, You know, the other person that he targeted a lot, I mean, that wide receiver, Jack Doyle. You know, he he got targeted 10 times, which was more than any other wide receiver at all this week. Um, you know, and, and again, like you said, I mean, he threw 53 times, but um, you know, the majority of it went to. Well, actually, no. Ty Hilton got one more target than Jack Doyle, but even then, what we're seeing is Jack Doyle is someone that you can pick up, especially in a PPR league for your, for your tight end position. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the running back position kind of convoluted there. Jordan Wilkins looks like he's the rusher. 14 carries for only 40 yards, so he had a tough day. But Neam Hines is, looks like the receiving back there. Uh, he had nine targets, seven catches, all for short yardage, however. Um, so really tough to judge anything until Marlon Mack or somebody comes back. I like the prospect of Neam Hines, but uh, I'm staying away from that backfield if at all possible and just sticking with uh, uh, Doyle, Ebron, and T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Nope, I agree. I agree. Let's go ahead and move on to the Washington Redskins. Uh, Alex Smith, obviously, is a great quarterback. He uh, had two touchdowns for 255 yards. So, you know, he threw the ball 30 times. So, obviously, again, like we said, not as much as as, uh, Andrew Luck, but still pretty good amount. Um, He did really, really well. Um, And, you know, you go over here to uh, the rushing Rushing, rushing back, here we go. Uh, Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Obviously, Adrian Peterson had 26 attempts. He's definitely the running back one there. Personally, I think 
Chris Thompson is gonna get more and more and more each week, especially how he performed week one. Yeah, I, I, I see it a little differently. I think Adrian Peterson's gonna be the workhorse there. Chris Thompson certainly a guy I'm looking at at my flex, but Adrian Peterson a guy I'm looking at as a running back two right now. Twenty eight touches, twenty nine if he catches his third pass from Alex Smith. Almost 30 touches a game, uh, and even if that drops down to 22 touches a game, he can still do a lot of damage with that. Almost breaking 100 yards rushing and getting into the end zone. Um, Adrian Peterson looked real young, and this I don't know if this was because it was against his former team he played with a little bit in the Cardinals, but in my opinion, this is one of the most dominating games in the NFL last week. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And uh, looking over here at their wide receivers, um, you know, you got Jordan Reed, Jamison Crowder, Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson. Um, you know, they all had relatively okay games. None of them really, you know, stood out a whole lot. Um, Jordan Reed, he had four receptions for 48 yards and one touchdown. So, uh, you know, definitely he, he only got one less target than Paul Richardson. Um, but I definitely think Jordan Reed is probably the, you know, probably the person you're going to want to be picking up at that tight end position. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of interest there. Uh, besides those running backs, Peterson and Thompson are probably getting started in your league. Alex Smith, I think, has deserved to be started, but he's never going to be that guy who focuses and fixates on a receiver and gives that receiver twelve plus targets a game. So it's hard to play around that. I agree. And uh, just one little fact here: um, the Redskins actually signed wide receiver Jehu Chesson um, just today. So, um, definitely, you know, he might be out there on the field. So, definitely keep an eye out for Chesson and see if someone – because, I mean, yeah, like we said, Alex Smith, he might be that not that type of person to target one person, but he always could. Yeah, very, very true. So, okay, we're going to go down to the next one, and we got the Cardinals and the Rams. All right, Cardinals and Rams. The Cardinals, like I just said, looked like one of the weakest teams in the NFL week one. Kind of got dominated in every single aspect by the Washington Redskins. Very confusing usage of David Johnson here. He basically sat out the entire third and most of the fourth quarter. Um, Sam Bradford, nothing too spectacular to talk about. Uh, Threw an interception, 20 for 34, 153 yards. Really just kind of a weak line there. Um, David Johnson, nine carries, 37 yards. They did give him a goal line rush, and he got in the end zone. Saved a lot of people's fantasy days. David Johnson, you're still starting with confidence. He should be the saving grace of that team. But besides him, and it looks like Larry Fitzgerald, there's not a lot of of promise here. Yeah, and I hate to say it because I'm actually a Cardinals uh, fan. So, I mean, this this year we'll see how, how well they do. I'm not sure, but... Hopefully they can kind of come out of the ashes and do do something well this year. But, yeah, I mean, other than David Johnson, you know, not a great game. Nine attempts for 37 yards. Got in the end zone once. Um, yeah, he, he didn't do great this week. As, you know, he's obviously – you're still kind of starting even um, against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, now, person, personally, I would not be starting against Los Angeles Rams is um, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you know, I – Phenomenal wide receiver, but I'm not starting him. Ricky Seals Jones at the tight end position. I definitely think you could, um, you know, start him. Especially they're going to be scared of that Rams, um, you know, um, deep defense with that wide receiver core. But you know, keeping it short with Ricky Seals Jones, I think is something Bradford actually would be um, comfortable with. 
And talking about the Los Angeles Rams on the other side of the football, 1-0 took down Gruden in his return to the NFL. I think the Rams looked really solid. They looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, and they, they look to continue that uh, that streak that they're on. Jared Goff looked really good. He looked like that quarterback you're wanting to start every week. 233 yards, two touchdowns. And really not a ton to talk about here with the Rams. You're starting everyone you can. Todd Gurley looks phenomenal. A uh, total of 23 touches, uh, over 140 scri- uh, yards from scrimmage. Uh, only got in the end zone on a, on a, on a catch, but he's going to have a phenomenal year and probably finishes the top fantasy running back like we all thought he would. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm, I would be starting almost every single one of those um, receivers. Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Um, I mean, all of them got high targets. Eight for Brandon Cooks, nine for Cup, and nine for Woods. Now, Woods didn't wasn't able to pull in a whole lot of them, and he was being underthrown, it seemed like, pretty much the whole game. But Cooks and Cup both had five receptions out of those eight and nine, and Cooks ran, uh, got for 87. But Cooper Cup got into the end zone. So uh, I definitely would be starting you know, Cooks, Cup, or even Woods. Woods in the flex position, Cup and Cooks, probably a wide receiver two position. Yeah, out of those three, which one do you think is going to finish the highest in the fantasy rankings? Cup. I agree, Cooper Cup, probably the guy you want there for the long term uh, out of that uh, out of that uh, team in that wide receiver core. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers. Man, the Detroit Lions looked like hot garbage Oh yeah. <laughs> on Monday night. They oh, yeah. were disappointing to watch. They lost to the rookie Sam Darnold. Matthew Stafford threw four interceptions, and he cannot blame it on an offensive line. He did not get touched by them, and... He, he just did not look good. He barely above that 50% completion percentage. Um, none of the running backs looked good. They, they were behind the whole game. Just really, really atrocious. And the only saving grace here was, in my opinion, Kenny Galladay. I mean, Golden Tate did what Golden Tate's supposed to do. He got those receptions for short yardage and got into the end zone. But Kenny Galladay, seven catches, 114 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but had 12 targets, and he's ready to show that in his healthy year here, he is going to be a threat, and, uh, a threat to be dealt with on the, on the field. I agree. Um, definitely Marvin Jones Jr. is someone that's also good, but I don't think that he's going to um, rate as high as Golden Tate and um, Galladay this year. Galladay, 12 targets, Tate, 15. I mean, Marvin Jones, 8. Marvin Jones definitely, you know, he had four receptions. You know, you know his seemed like a, you know, like he was doing really, really great. But, again, I think Tate and Galladay are going to be the two um, to be looking out for. Uh, now, here's one piece of information, actually, from the last game I forgot to mention. Rams actually signed wide receiver JoJo Natson, who was with him at camp. So, again, this, this, uh, this week, be looking for JoJo. All right, very good. Kenny Galladay, a guy I'm going out to pick up in my leagues if he's already not rostered in your league. And a guy, quite frankly, I'm trading for. I think Stafford and the Lions are behind a lot this year. They need to sling the ball, and Kenny Galladay is going to be a guy who picks up a lot of those receptions and big plays. I definitely agree. I don't think Arion Johnson or Theo Riddick are really going to be getting this team off the ground. No, definitely not. All right, so we're going to move on to San Francisco 49ers. you got Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Breida and uh, – Kittle over here, again, um, you know, not really a whole heck of a lot that went really well this game. I think, if anything, Kittle would be the only person I'd be starting besides Alfred Morris. Yeah, Kittle had a 
pretty actually good game. Nine targets, a lot more than anyone saw coming for 90 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, but a guy that you probably want to start there, really disappointing for Marquise Goodwin um, with the injury, and it looks like he's going to be okay um, to play again, but he sat out a majority of that game. So I'll be interested to see what the offense look like looks like with uh, Marquise Goodwin back. But this, this running back thing in uh, San Francisco between Alfred Morris and Breda, I am too – I don't know what to do here. 11 carries, 12 carries. Both of them didn't look that good. So really kind of a tough, uh, tough game to judge here. Garoppolo didn't look that good through three interceptions, got sacked three times, lost his perfect winning streak in the uh, NFL. So trying not to judge on the 49ers here too much, but really hard to be confident in the whole group. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Now with the Morris and Brita situation, definitely I think, you know, Brita is good, but he's, I mean, he's a small man, you know. He's just, you know, he's under 200 pounds. I think, if anything, he's not going to be a workhorse for him. Morris is going to be that workhorse type. You know, Brita definitely um, obviously got more uh, receiving targets than Alfred Morris, only two, but still more than what he had, and he only had one reception for five yards, but that's definitely something to look at as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. All right, the next uh, ones we got, it, but the Raiders and the Broncos. All right, the Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders with Gruden's return, like we talked about, very disappointing to see. Derek Carr did not look like the quarterback we had hoped he would look like. Uh, Jordy Nelson, for a lot of people, who were interested to see how he would do. Only four targets, three catches, really nothing to run home and talk about. But just the whole receiving core there, very disappointing from uh, Cooper and Jordy Nelson and just the whole thing. This team was struggling Monday night. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was extremely excited to see what Jordy Nelson was going to do over there um, with the Raiders. You know, he's, he's a great receiver last year, even with the, you know, with the Packers he was doing well. This year, I was really, really excited to see what he was going to do here. I actually really wanted him to do well and try to pick him up. But so far right now, again, like I said earlier, does it look like Derek Carr can throw anything past 15 yards? No. Um, you know, for some reason, I don't know if it was just a bad um, game, what, what it was. Apparently, you know, you know, Gruden said that the reason they played bad is because there was a skunk, you know, in their locker room. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much that really has anything to do with Derek Carr not being able to complete anything. Um, you know, on the field, but, you know, definitely still, you know, if you got Jared Cook, you know, you could play him. It seemed like he was targeting, he was targeted 12 times. Jalen Richard was also targeted 12 times. So Jalen, Jalen Richard and Jordy Nelson still, I'm, I'm, you know, I have confidence in, in, um, uh, Jordy Nelson, Jalen Richard, and also even Amari Cooper. I think I, I've still got some, uh, you know, some confidence in them. Yeah. The running back situation in Oakland, it's hard for me to be confident in Marshawn Lynch. He only had 11 carries. He did get into the end zone. Um, so I, I'm not that high on Marshawn Lynch. It's not a, a guy that I'm excited to play, but maybe a guy that I'm forced to play right now. Jalen Richard, definitely the receiving back, as you said, 11 targets, 9 catches. Uh, but Doug Martin, a guy who ran pretty well, uh, he only had 4 carries, and you know the little muscle hamster can get going, so... That's a guy that I want to look out for. I don't think he's worth a roster spot at this point, but somebody that might be able to take some carries later on in the season. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Let's go to move on to the Broncos here. Uh, you know, Case Keenum actually had a really good game, a phenomenal game. Uh, he, 
you know, besides the three interceptions, but then he, you know, equalized it out with three touchdowns, 25 completions for 329 yards. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, that him and Demarius Thomas definitely sharing their share of targets. You know, Emmanuel Sanders got 11 targets, Demarius Thomas with 10. So definitely look at those two, you know, maybe trying to pick them up. Even Sutton, I think Sutton is someone that's actually going to have a breakout year this year personally. Um, and I think Demarius Thomas is going to do really, really well as well. Um, you know, both Sanders and Thomas both got into the um, got into the end zone. Someone that I'm extremely, extremely actually excited for is Philip Lindsay. I think he's going to be the number one running back there. I know that he shared the same exact amount of touches with Royce Freeman. They both had the same exact amount of yards. But I think that Philip Lindsay is going to be the number one running back there and um, for the Broncos. Yeah, that was an interesting development. Philip Lindsay really taking advantage of his opportunity there. I hope he continues to run with it. I like the way he ran. I like the way he looked. Um, he even pulled out two catches where uh, Royce Freeman got none. So interesting to see there. Uh, Royce Freeman, a really good add in any league that you have. And I just agree with your analysis that Sanders and Thomas both have really good years. Both continue to get into the end zone. Case Keenum looked like he can continue to throw it at the NFL level that he needs. So Broncos a team I'm I'm pretty excited about. You got Von Miller in the defense playing tough on the other side and Case Keenum and Philip Lindsay looking to reinvigorate this offense. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And Lindsay is someone um, you know, I'm I'm even willing to start him at a flex position this week. Alright, bold call, I like to hear that. Alright next we got the Patriots and we got the Jaguars. Alright, well the Patriots did Patriot things and it looks the way it's looked for the past million years it seems where Tom Brady threw a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski to start the season of course of course um but go ahead let's go ahead and look at something really quickly um Rex Burkhead did not practice today with a concussion and Sony Mitchell or Michelle limited today with a knee if this is the case and Rex Burkhead does not play Patriots will only have two healthy running backs with James White and Kenjin Barner so Kenjin Barner may be someone that you might be able to pick up pick up and, uh, you know, just hold on to him. I wouldn't play him or anything, but maybe pick him up and see what happens here with Rex Burkhead because Rex Burkhead was definitely – he's definitely the, uh, you know, the running back one there with 18 touches, 64 yards, um, you know, and then Jeremy Hill under him. But Yeah, it looks like Jeremy Hill's going to be done for the, for the, for the year exactly. with a knee injury. Uh, and Michael's going to be out uh, with that knee injury. So if Burkhead, if a Burkhead is a guy to, uh, if, if Burkhead's available to play, I'm starting Rex Burkhead. He had way more carries than I anticipated. Um, he looked pretty good. He can, he's, he's a guy who can still be involved in the passing game. If he's not, though, quite honestly, I don't know if I'm starting anyone, but you know Bilicek, he's going to have Kenyon Barner score three touchdowns or something like that. So. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be the whole James White Rex Burkhead just with two different players this year. Right. Just the same thing we had last year. Now, obviously, Rob Gronkowski, we don't really need to say much about him. Phenomenal player. Eight, seven receptions, 123 yards, one touchdown. Just awesome like he always is. You got Philip Dorsett out there, Devlin, Chris Hogan. Um, Chris Hogan didn't have that great of a game. He was out there actually just about every single snap, but for some reason was just not targeted very much. Um, still this week, I think I would be starting Chris Hogan. I have no, um, you know, I still have faith that he's going to do really well this, this week and this year. Um, you know, Philip Dorsett, obviously, start him if you have him. Very true, very true. Just uh, another side note on the Patriots. They look like they're going to sign 
former Cleveland Browns standout, uh, Corey Coleman, to the receiving core. So look out for that. Also a lot of rumors that Des Bryant would like to sign with them later in the year, but we'll see how that all plays out. Okay. All right, Blake Bortles did not have um, a horrible game. One touchdown, one interception, 18 completions for 176 yards. Definitely someone I wouldn't be starting, um, but not horrible. Um, we got T.J. Uh, Yeldon, which I think is going to be a great running back this year um, under under Blake Bortles. you got Leonard Fournette as well. Yeah, if Leonard Fournette can't play due to his injury, which it seems like he might be able to go, but if he's limited at all, T.J. Yeldon is a must-start. Yeah, you have to get him in the game. He is a receiving back, had seven targets last week. He can run the ball. If he has the job available, he could be an every-down back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I completely agree. And, again, go look at those waivers and see who people dropped because people might have been dropping. Um, they may have dropped T.J. Yeldon just because, again, you know, some people for some reason they just don't like, they just don't like T.J. Yeldon. They just don't think he's going to do that great, and um, they were probably looking at somebody else that they think that they could get that would be better. So just go back and look at those waivers and see if you can uh, pick them up. Hey, Akilin Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Ozzyfarian Jenkins, and Dante Moncrief. Um, definitely Akilin Cole, D.D. Westbrook are the top, you know, wide receiver one and two there. Definitely, you know, I think. Great, great starts if you have them at the flex position. Uh, you know, if anything, I definitely say Keelan Cole is a wide receiver too. D.D. Westbrook, maybe a flex position. Austin Sferi, Jenkins, pretty good uh, for the uh, tight end position. Um, I'd be starting him if I had him. It's interesting you say that. I think that's one of the most unimpressive wide receiver cores in the NFL. Personally, I wouldn't start any of those guys, any of those receivers there. I know somebody has to catch the ball from Bortles, and I think Bortles is going to have a decent year. But there's not one guy that impresses me enough to to start or take a chance on. So I'm sticking with T.J. Yeldon or uh, Leonard Fournette if I have to. But although yeah, if, I think the Jaguars have a good year, I'm sticking away from him. Yeah, if, but, well, if you have to start somebody at the wide receiver position there, if you can, I would say uh, Keelan Cole over D.D. Westbrook. I would agree with that. All right, next, uh, New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. All right, we got still the old Eli Manning. For some reason, I just feel like it's been forever since he's been playing. Um, you know, one interception, 224 yards on 23 completions. Not a great, not a great uh, start for the year for him. Um, Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Stewart. Obviously, Barkley is the uh, RB one over there with 20, 18 touches, 106 yards, gun in the end zone once. Jonathan Stewart, just the same thing as last year. Everybody thinks that he's going to be pretty good or, you know, he's going to have a little bit more playing time, you know, only two attempts with eight yards. Yeah, Stewart is a nobody in New York this year. It is all Team Saquon, 18 carries, two catches, getting his 20 touches. Uh, He looks like he can receive the ball. He looks like that all-around back that they've been wanting there for a while. Um, That 68-yard touchdown run where you got bottled up was pretty amazing. He looks like a stud. Odell Beckham looks like a stud. Uh, 11 catches, 111 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but 15 targets. Just start your studs in New York. That's Saquon and Odell and everybody else, you know, maybe take a stream on. Yeah, Sterling Shepard I definitely think is somebody you could play at the flex position if you needed to. Um, Evan Ingram, I, I don't think I'd really be looking at him a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, same here. I agree. All right, over here, Deck Prescott. He had uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 19 completions for 170 yards. He did not do phenomenal this I, week. Neither did Ezekiel Elliott. I am worried about the Dallas Cowboys and Jerryville. I, yeah. I, 
I know that they traveled this week and they started off 0-1, but Zeke didn't run with the enthusiasm that we've seen him run with. He did get in the end zone, but it just didn't look the same. Dak was having a lot of trouble connecting with these new and young receiving core. And I just don't know who to blame there, and I hope they can figure it out for their sake because it looked awful. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is Cole Beasley, obviously a great, great wide receiver. Um, you know, it's somebody that Dak Prescott is familiar with, and you saw that this week with eight targets, three more than anybody else, with 73 yards. Um, and you got Alan Hearns, which, you know, I think if you have Alan Hearns, um, I wouldn't start him this week, but I definitely think he's going to still be that wide receiver, too, there. Um, but with Dak, the way he's been performing, uh, you know, just this last week, I could be proven wrong this week. But with the way he performed um, just this last week, I, I don't think I'd be almost starting any wide receiver. Um, I, I like Cole Beasley. I think he's a great player for what he does. But quite frankly, if Cole Beasley is leading your team in receptions and yards, your plan probably didn't go the way you wanted it to. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's not who he should be. I mean, Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, kind of the guys we were looking at, seeing how they would pan off with Dak Prescott, and it just didn't go well. They have a lot to work on in the running and passing game. Besides Zeke, I'm staying away from any Dallas Cowboy. To be honest, I might even stay away from Zeke for a little bit. I mean, he did absolutely nothing this week. Nothing, nothing to uh, scare you, nothing to... You know, think that he's going to be as good as you know he was before. I mean, I think obviously as time goes on, he's going to continue, you know, to get those touches, and he's going to keep being fed, you know, and he's gonna and he's gonna do well. But um, you know, I definitely wait and see if he can't prove it first. I agree. All right, next we got the Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears. Um, obviously, the Seahawks going against um, the Bears defense. I mean, Khalil Mack. So um, you know, <laughs> Khalil Mack had a great. Uh, uh, game last week, and um, Gruden is probably just beating his head on the freaking desk, but um, let's go ahead and talk about the Seahawks first. You know, Russell Wilson, 298 yards, 19 completions, three touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, but six sacks. So, you know, I definitely think he's someone that you should start this week against the Bears, um, but I would be worried with that Bears defense, that's for sure. Yeah, the Bears defense are really tough. It looks like they're going to be really stellar just as a team this year. I was very uh, I was very impressed with Russell Wilson. I think he looked better than I thought he would. Um, didn't do too much running, but almost 300 passing yards, three touchdowns. A guy I'm looking at and possibly streaming over some of these struggling quarterbacks. The running back situation was kind of as atrocious as we thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, Chris Carson and Penny over there trying to share the load. Looks like Chris Carson's going to be the guy. He was very productive. He was in the passing game. Um, so, you know, a tough situation from the running back there. Yeah, but either way, honestly, I wouldn't be starting any running backs from this team at all. I agree with that. Um, but on the receiving end, definitely, um, you know, Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall got um, Brandon Marshall, Tyler Lockett, and Will Disley. They all pretty much shared about the same amount of targets. Marshall with six, Disley with five, Tyler with uh, four. So, you know, Disley, five reception or three receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. All three of them got uh, touchdowns. I definitely, you know, definitely could start any three of them at um, a flex position. I'm, I'm definitely sticking with Brandon Marshall here. I, I think you should go out and pick him up. He deserves to be owned in every league. I think he's a guy who's going to continue to see usage as he get, gets the respect from uh, Russell Wilson there. Tyler Lockett, a guy that I'm, I'm also sticking with. Disley, I don't think that continues. Um, 
every week. So Lockett and Marshall, in my opinion, they deserve your love and your start. So go out and pick them up. I agree. All right, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Krabatsky. Trubisky. Trubisky. Oh. Are you trying? I think Mitch Mitch Trubisky looked eh. Eh, yeah, he looked okay. I mean, 23 completions, 171 yards, no touchdowns, was sacked four times. Um, I think, obviously, some of that has to do with their um, O-line. Now, uh, Mitch Trubisky, not that great. I wouldn't stream him. I wouldn't play him. Um, you know, you got Allen Robinson, Jordan Howard. They, they're they pretty well. Um, you know, I might contradict myself here because I'm saying not play Trubisky, but I would play um, Allen Robinson um, personally. And then over here at that rushing, you know, you got Jordan How- uh, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, obviously Howard being that number one back, 15 attempts for 82 yards. Um, definitely, you know, I think he's going to do well as um, the season goes on. Uh, same the same thing with Allen Robinson. I agree with both of those guys there. Allen Robinson, you got to play. Jordan Howard got the carries you want to see from him. He's never going to be. He's kind of a Lamar Miller type back. He's never going to break off that. 90-yard touchdown run that gets you excited, but he's going to be consistent, and he's going to hop in the end zone when they get close. So very good from both of them. Um, I liked seeing uh, Allen Robinson catch some balls, even though Trubisky was struggling. But that is our predictions. We've kind of gone through every single team here. Um, Let us know what you think. Uh, Send us an email, uh, firstand15fantasy at yahoo.com. Spell out first and and put down the number 15 fantasy at yahoo.com give us some suggest some suggestions what you'd like to hear what we can talk about on next week's show but that's it from marcus and aaron bronson giving you our fantasy predictions here for week two in the 2018 nfl season all right thanks guys good luck this week